This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire Pods, search for us on iTunes or check out BlueWirePods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Welcome, everyone, to Prospects 101, brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast Network and Bet Online, where we give you the best analysis and breakdown of football prospects from all levels. We're aiming to play in the NFL. So we're talking high school prospects, we're talking college prospects, and everything in, in between. And, and, fellas, this week, uh, it's a little bit unique for us because it's right after our Super Bowl, right after the NFL draft. Um, so it's going to be kind of a unique show that we have for all of our listeners out there. Again, my name is Brandon Glesser. I'll be your host for this evening. Uh, and I'm also uh, have the pleasure of being joined uh, by my two co-hosts, Brandon Pastel. Yes, sir. Hey, check this out. 2013 Ohio State class. Joey Bosa, Zeke Elliott, Eli Apple, JT Barrett, Billy Price, Darren Lee, Von Bell. Not even a top five recruiting class, in my opinion, in the last two decades. Holy smokes, who rated that class? That's a botch. You're not top five with that. Joey Bosa is an absolute monster. Holy smokes. Hey, I like that. That's a nice intro, Pastel. Very nice. Nicely done. Uh, and then go ahead and introduce our other co-host, Kenny Keller. Boys, I got to say, I think in my opinion, the greatest college football of my generation is Reggie Bush. But the real question is, does he belong in the top recruiting class of all time? Guess we'll find out. Hmm. I think that's a nice little hint, fellas. I like that one. I will say, I, I'll go along with you, Kenny. I do think that Reggie Bush, uh, pound for pound, was the best college player I ever saw, I ever witnessed. His his junior and senior years, he did stuff that I, I thought I'd, I'd never see out there. I, now, I think Tim I think man. you could make uh, – Tim, Tim's up there. I tell you what, Joe Burrow's up there. Yeah. That's all Joe Burrow do this year uh, is probably up there, for, uh, no doubt. Um. Anyways, th- uh, thanks for joining me tonight, fellas, to talk about uh, some prospects. We got a great show uh, for all of our listeners out there. Uh, you know, so the last couple of weeks we've you know really come up with you know what is this show? What do we really want to talk about? And mm-hmm. and and you know the big thing that we're really passionate about is the NFL draft, recruiting prospects, uh, college classes. You know, how do guys go into the Division One level? Uh, the FCS level, Division Two, and how do they become NFL players, and how does that work out for your favorite NFL team? So we really put this podcast together, Prospects 101, to really start that process and really break it down like no one else out there in the market today. So as we were kind of talking about different show topics, because right now it's a little hard to talk prospects with with uh, COVID-19 out there, so we came up with some ideas and, you know, we all looked at each other and said, you know, why don't we get on and do an episode and debate who is the best all-time recruiting class, mm-hmm. like of all time. And, and I thought it was a great idea. And so we, we have a show where we're going to kind of break down uh, all of our favorite, in, in our opinion, what our all-time recruiting classes are. Uh, you know, we have five, each of us have five. We also have some honorable mentions. And then we're also going to introduce the segment that we're always going to end our show in, and that's going to be the Get to Know Your Prospect Mm -hmm. segment. So at the end of every podcast that we drop, we're going to to talk about a a collegiate prospect who is going to go to the NFL and 
some of us are going to like this prospect. Some of us aren't going to like this prospect. And there's a little hint that not everybody is a huge fan of this prospect. So I can, I, I actually can't wait to get to the last yeah. part of this episode because it should be some fun debate. So, um, so we'll go ahead and kick it off. And we really want to start by defining the criteria. So Pasta, when you came up with your list, how did you define what determines the best all-time recruiting class? Well, I'll tell you what I didn't want to do, and that was just go back on 247 Sports or go to Rivals and just see how many five-star, four-star, and three-star athletes each mm-hmm. class has. Uh, one, that's the lazy answer. Two, that's not the right answer. So the way I see it is it's the class as itself and what those players were able to accomplish in their collegiate and professional career. So holistically looking at that class, how good was that 2007 class how good was that 2008 like those players so if they transfer i still count that player as the original mm, uh yep. recruiting class so for example we all know how uh joe burrow transferred from ohio state to lsu i count him as part as like the 2015 or 2016 ohio state class not the lsu class um so i really do a snapshot in time for that recruiting class and i i see where they go from there so that's why a lot of my countdown you see a lot of uh, success in the nfl as well just not specifically for college. So Pasto, yeah, I agree with your point that it is lazy to go back and look at three-star, four-star, five-star recruits uh, because there's a lot of you know number one overall classes that didn't pan out, a lot of five-star prospects that didn't pan out that really never even saw the field or were very unsuccessful uh, at their school. So yeah, I get that. That definitely is the lazy well. However, I do disagree with the point of transfers. You know, Joe Burrow, Cam Newton, guys like that who signed with their original class and then for whatever reason, whether it be for academics, performance, you know, off the field issues, they transferred and ended up starring at another school. I couldn't, re- I couldn't reward those classes for those um, because they never saw a snap. Most of them never saw a snap. So for me, that knocked that recruiting class down or really out of my top five completely. I, I, I looked at it more from they stayed through their college career at one at you know at the school that recruited them they had tremendous success what kind of success the team had and if they made the NFL the NFL success wasn't necessarily that big a deal like if they ended up being a bust in the NFL or they really didn't pan out i wasn't that too concerned about it it was more or less if they made it or, or versus if they didn't so for me that was that was my criteria that's where i kind of came in yeah i think it's an interesting point because i struggled on the same point that you did Kenny but even though I think I went in a little bit of a different direction so I really look at it on three levels one how many NFL players did they have on their roster out of this recruiting class that ended up being impactful NFL players so at least on my list and when I look at your uh both years list and and really Kenny I see one particularly on your list that we'll get into Mm -hmm. I couldn't include them because I don't know how impactful they're going to be as NFL players because they haven't become NFL players yet, right? A lot of them just got drafted, but mm-hmm. so I I don't know. So it was hard for me to include a lot of recency in in my list. So I looked at, at how many NFL players were on the roster that were impactful NFL players. I looked at wins and then a little bit of national championship vibe in here. I, I think when you look at all of our list, guys, you're going to see a lot of these teams were not only national champions, but they were in the national championship conversation at the end of the day, right? Correct. They were yep. in the national championship game. They were in the top four at the end of the season, right? You're not getting a, a 15th-ranked Iowa team <laughs> in here, right? You're just not going to get that in there. So I, that's why I think our, our lists are going to be interesting. I think a lot of us have the same criteria but i think it's interesting where you said kenny you won't include a recruiting class that featured a joe burrow or a cam newton where i i went the other way i did include them right because that that's kind of what this is about when we take a snapshot in time when they signed on signing day where were they and where have they since ended up so that's why i kind of looked at all three wins, national championships, and the NFL being an NFL player that was impactful. Yeah. I kind of looked at it thirds. So that way it wasn't totally overwhelming, like, oh well, you know, Cam Newton wasn't wasn't with the Florida Gators, you know, when he became a Heisman Trophy winner in right. two thousand and eleven, I believe. Was it two thousand eleven? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think it was 2010, okay. 2011, yeah. 
Old Scam Newton. <laughs> Scam Newton. Hey, just just your annual reminder, Gless, who picked Auburn to win the national championship that year? Uh, I think you did. I think you did. I'm still eating crow over that, unfortunately. <laughs> and, and Look, I, I think Cam was a great player. No doubt about it. Incredible athlete. Incredible talent. Some reason, he just rubs me the wrong way. I don't know what it is. And even now that he's in the pros, I watch like All or Nothing special on, on Amazon Prime. And Ron Rivera just had to drink heavily every night. I, I just some I don't know how you handle that guy. It's see, I'm the I'm the antithesis, Gless, because I I watched the All or Nothing. And I was like, I love Cam Newton. When he's sitting there smoking a cigar in his personal barber shop at his house, and he's talking about like the will to win and wanting to win. I was like, oh, I love this guy. I love it. Oh my god. Pardon this brief interruption, but we have some awesome news we'd like to bring you from our sponsors. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think, hey, there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, BetOnline, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. BetOnline has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Blue Chew! Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? I don't know what guy isn't. Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free. That's right, I said free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, guys, we'll stop shooting the shit here and let's get into it. Let's get into good old-fashioned debate. Let's see where our list ended up with. So, Kenny, we're going to head and start with you. Why don't you start from five and then uh, make your way down to your number one recruiting class, college recruiting class of all time. Yeah, so I, I really struggled. This was the, the fifth one was honestly the hardest one for me to come up with because there was probably about six or seven recruiting classes that were just missing the cut. Like I was really stru- struggling, as Joe Namath would put it. Struggling. Struggling. But I ended up going with the 2008 uh, Alabama Crimson Tide. And and that was really the, the recruiting class that has kind of kicked off their their years of dominance under Nick Saban. You know, Julio Jones was a part of that class. Mark Barron, Courtney Upshaw, you had Heisman winner Mark Ingram, Barrett Jones, I mean, so Marcel Darius, so many big-time picks that really launched Alabama into the power we know uh, that they are today. So that was my number five. My number four was the 2006 Florida Gators class. And again, kind of the, the first class for Urban that really launched Florida into their their dominance. They 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 were right there on the cusp of of winning a national championship. They brought in uh, a class that featured Tim Tebow, who, if you remembered as a true freshman, split time with Chris Leak on the on their championship winning yep. year. So, that. and then and then this really set in motion the ability to repeat. You know, sorry, not repeat the ability to win multiple championships during Tebow's time. Um, was this class? Like I said, you you start out with guys like Tim Tebow. You had Percy Harvin, who, if you guys remember, was tearing it up when we were in high school. Yeah, down at Lansdowne High School, down in Virginia Beach. In Virginia, right down the road from us. Brandon Spikes, who went on to become a a big-time player and a multi-year NFL player. Um, You know, just Riley Cooper. So a lot of guys on this class really sustained, helped sustain that run and helped propel, kind of get Florida over the hump and into a couple years of almost dynasty-type play. My number three class kicking it back a little bit the 2002 Ohio State Buckeyes and this is this might be one of the most 
underrated classes uh, of the 2000s. You had guys like Quinn Pickcock. You had guys like EJ Underwood, Troy Smith, who was a Heisman Trophy winner. Bobby Carpenter played in the NFL for years. Um, Santonio Holmes, Super Bowl hero. Uh, Nick Mangold, AJ Hawk. I mean, just tons and tons of talent. And and this was their this was their year. This was the year they came off of a national championship year. I'm sorry, um, Reese Claret was also part of this uh, recruiting class. Wow, I almost missed that. This was um, this was the class that really again propelled Ohio State to upset Miami in the national title that year. We all remember how big of a season Maurice Claret had and how big of an impact he was on that team. So to me, that was that was my number three. My number two is the really the most recent one and the earliest one on our, and the most recent one on our list. The 2017 LSU recruiting class. I mean, you go back, most of these guys just got drafted. You got Clavon, Clavon Chasen, Jacob Phillips, Grant Delpit, uh, Ed Ingram, um, Shadik Charles, Patrick Queen, Clyde Edward Hilaire, uh, Justin Thomas. I mean, these guys are all, Justin Jefferson. All these guys, those guys just got drafted this year. That's all from one recruiting class. Oh, and by the way, they might be the best individual single season football team of all time with Joe Burrow leading the way. Yeah. Um, obviously Joe Burrow's not a part of this recruiting class, but a lot, a lot of those guys I just named were absolute studs on their national championship team this year. And a big part of why they won. So that was my number two and my number one, the one I really want to dive into. And I kind of hinted at earlier, the 2003 USC Trojans. I mean, this was the class that kicked off the dynasty. And in my opinion, the best three year run, of football we've seen from a college team in the 2000s. You had Reggie Bush, Chauncey Washington, Lindell White, Feely Moala, Ryan Khalil, the Ting brothers. Um, you had uh, Eric Wright, a bunch of guys. Steve Smith who played Steve in the NFL. Steve Smith, Lawrence, yep. Lawrence Jackson. Lawrence Jackson played for the Seahawks for years. Exactly. Yeah. Cedric yeah. Ellis, um, who was a first-round pick for one. the Saints. I mean, they yep. had that class was loaded, and like I said – in my opinion, Reggie Bush is the greatest college football player of my generation. You pair him with the talent that came in on that class, it's no wonder they won two national championships. And honestly, if it wasn't for Vince Young, would have won three in a row. Because remember, yeah. they want to split, they want to outright a split or split and outright, and then they lost to Texas in the Rose Bowl for the national championship. But they played for the national championship three years in a row. And this team was a dynasty, and this was really the class that took them over the edge and, and laid the foundation for pretty much, I think, in my opinion, the greatest team teams we've seen in my generation. Yeah, and I, I'm a Pac-12 guy, so I remember growing up and watching these guys when I was in, in high school. You know, I'm a University of Washington fan, and, and I, not only did they dominate against other schools at the national level, they dominated their conference a lot like – um, a lot like Oklahoma did in their in their heyday, a lot like Nebraska used to. Mm -hmm. I mean, they you pencil them in for about four or five years as that there's no way that they're ever going to lose in conference. And there a, there was a year or two where they may have gotten upset, but everybody knew that they were the best team in the Pac-12, and it wasn't even close. Where now, you know, for some of these schools, especially in the SEC, the ACC, the Big Ten. Sometimes it's tough to say that until after the fact. Mm -hmm. That's why I think that that's why I like your 2003 pick, uh, uh, the 2003 uh, Trojans roster as or their recruiting class as being so dominant because they were not only so dominant at the national level, but they were beyond, they were head head and shoulders above anybody in the Pac-12. And I mean, you you had some good talent in the Pac-12 that years. Yeah. You had Cal had some really good squads. Oregon had some really good squads, and USC would just just wipe them up. Well, remember, remember USC that that um, the year they beat Oklahoma in the national championship, they won what fifty five to ten. Like it was, it was a just absolute soul crushing defeat for Oklahoma, and that was in the national championship game. Like that wasn't even a conference semifinal playoff game. That was the national championship, just yeah. a complete wipeout. Plus, I'm, I'm I'm looking at this these rankings, and I just. Am I the only person thinking this right now? I could pick a better class for every one of these teams yeah. besides probably USC. Right. I could no 2017 way. Bama, right. 2007 Gators, 2013 Ohio State Buckeyes, 2011 LSU Tigers, and then I'll give you the USC Trojans. Honestly, I get the whole foundation. They set the foundation like 
uh, you know, those guys good, good were, for you. I, I'm those guys, some claps those right guys, now. Those Great guys job. are the ones who won the national class. championship. Yeah, what? so they... How can you not win a national championship? They propelled other classes to be that good. Just because they're the first doesn't mean they're the best, Kenny. I mean... No, 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 no. Those are the those are the best when you look at the recruiting classes around them. The 2008 uh-huh. Bama class is better than all these other Bama classes? Absolutely. No way. Absolutely. What, the, the only one I had a question about, Kenny, is the 2002 Ohio State Buckeye team. You're going to have to sell me on that one because that was one that I, I had I had five better than that one. I mean, so you're going to have to sell here, me on that one. My, my whole thing around that was, sell me on it. My, my whole thing around that was that team and a lot of the freshmen who actually played as true freshmen on that team beat what arguably people call, other than maybe USC, the greatest dynasty we've seen in our lifetime, which they beat the Miami Hurricanes that year in the national championship. They beat what what you guys have. I I, I'm not, I don't want to spoil it, but what some people might have is their, their better recruiting classes. They beat that. They beat that team. They beat them. Head-to-head, they won. So, I mean, I don't know. You win the national championship and you beat the team who other people might have on their top five recruiting I- classes? I don't know. To me, that's a better. It sounds like a better recruiting class to me. Well, this is a, another debate for another day, but that wasn't pass interference. That's the most bullshit call I've uh-huh. ever seen in my life. <laughs> also, a guy I'm going to talk about later in in my top five. God, I, 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 it's so funny. I remember I was rooting for Ohio State in that game, and I can't. I, that had to be the only time in my life. That I was rooting for Ohio State. If I could go back again, I wouldn't have rooted for Ohio State that game. I can't can't believe they lost that game. I was, but that I was is 100% one of the percent rooting for Ohio State. B- b- besides the 2005 game, uh, Rose Bowl, Texas USC, that was the greatest game I've watched. That was a awesome. fantastic game. That was, awesome. that was great. That was a great game. Well, well, kind of leading into the 2001 national championship game against Ohio State in in the Miami Hurricanes. I think that's a perfect segue. Uh, for me to introduce my list because that a uh, couple of recruiting classes were instrumental in that game. Um, so I'm going to start off in the honorable mention. Um, I, I, I couldn't put them in my top five because they just didn't do enough at the national level. But guys, the 2006 Oklahoma Sooners, listen to these five guys from an NFL prospect level. Sam Bradford, number one overall draft pick. Mm-hmm. Gerald McCoy, top five pick. Trent Williams, Pro Bowl tackle, also a top five pick. Jermaine Gresham, one of the best tight end prospects that came out in the last seven, eight years at that time. And DeMarco Murray, all in the same recruiting class for 2006 Oklahoma. That is sick, dude. <laughs> Dirty. That is sick. Now, they, 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 they had a couple uh, 11 wins. They had one 12-win season. They actually end up losing to Florida in the national championship mm-hmm. in 2008. Uh, I believe when it looks at, yeah, they end up losing the BCS national championship. Um, It's a shame if they, if they win that game, I think they cracked my top five. Um, But I thought it it is an incredible class. I didn't realize how good that class was until I really started prepping for the show. Um, Next, I had the 2007 Florida Gators, not 2006. Uh, And this is where we changed a little bit, Kenny. Um, And I think Pasto, you may agree with me on this, but we had Cam Newton in this class. Right, yep. So we talked about he didn't end up being at Florida, but he was there. He won a national championship as a backup there. Pouncey Brothers, Joe Hayden, who is also from yeah. Spotsylvania, Virginia. Yes, sir. I played with him, I played with him growing up. <laughs> he decleated he up me knocked, one time. I would say he decleated Pastel. Remember that. I was on the field for that. That was fun. <laughs> uh, Carlos Dunlap, um, Major Wright, and then Aaron Hernandez, also in that recruiting class. All yep. very impactful college players, but were also very impactful pro players. Um, which is to me those you know really the two biggest criteria for me. Uh, the 2003 USC Trojans. That's Kenny's number one. Um, I don't really have to say a whole lot that hasn't hasn't already been said. In my number two, Pascal's going to hate this because he gave it so much crap earlier. <laughs> I got to go the 2008 uh, no Alabama. Way. Team was nasty. Dude. That here. team was so sick, dude. And and you know what? I didn't even realize Julio Jones was in that recruiting class until Kenny mentioned it. I, I had. Dante Hightower, Courtney Upshaw, Mark Barron, um, Marcel Darius, um, uh, Mark Ingram, and Terrence Cody and Julio Jones. All very impactful players at the collegiate level and have made a difference at the NFL level. So that would be my number two. And then my number one guys, again, apart, they were recruiting class, 1999 Miami Hurricanes. I got Philip Buchanan. I've got Andre Johnson, who's one of the best receivers I ever saw. 
You've got Clinton Portis, a multi-Pro Bowl running back player. I got Vernon Carey, and I got Bryant McKinney, who is a uh, he was a Pro Bowler at multiple years uh, at tackle. But the depth of that recruiting class was so incredible because it had so many impactful players that ended up being a part of, in my opinion, uh, a, a top five team in all of college football. So I went with the, the 99 Miami Hurricanes, and that's really the main reason why. I know you know, you can make the case for the 2008 Alabama Crimson Tide. You can say the 2007 Florida Gators. And the 2003 USC Trojans, I totally get it. I, I selected the 99 Miami Hurricanes for a lot of the same reasons that Kenny selected the 2003 USC Trojans. They, that 99 recruiting class was really the linchpin Oh, and Ken Dorsey was also in that yeah, class. I was who, say, yeah, at the Ken end of the Dorsey. day, may be one of the most overlooked quarterbacks at the end of the day. Um, because he wasn't flashy, right? But he ended up winning a Heisman Trophy. Isn't that wild? Ken Dorsey yeah. ended up winning a Heisman Trophy. So, um, to me, that did, was the... No, Ken, Ken Dorsey didn't win a Heisman. I thought he won a Heisman. He, he, he was a Heisman finalist, but he was yeah. Heisman he never finalist, won that's what... It, okay. Yeah, because he lost... Um, a, I think he lost to Chris Winkie and... Um, uh, who won in 2001? Something like Josh Heupel, was it? No, um, no. You're thinking of Jason White. Yeah, um, but he would have been a couple years after that. It was, um, oh, the quarterback, um, Eric. Crouch. Oh my gosh, that's gonna bump. Hold yeah, on, Eric hold Crouch. on. I'm bringing yes. it up. I'm bringing it up. Bring it up. Here we go. I've got 1999 Ron Dane, 2000 Chris Winkie, and then Eric oh my Crouch. gosh, you're right. They did. He did lose out to Eric Krauts that Boom. year. Yep. By the way, check. By the way, check these Eric Crouch stouts out. His throwing, and I understand it was a twister. triple option. I totally get it. <laughs> Terrible he threw. Oh, dude, he had seven touchdowns and ten interceptions, <laughs> and he won the Heisman Trophy. My opinion of the Heisman Trophy just went down the shits. <laughs> by the way, and they got. And, the hey, remember they got smoked in the national championship that year by Miami. By the Miami Hurricanes. Yeah. Anyways, so. Just going back to my pick, they were the really linchpin class that really solidified that three years of dominance, a lot like that 2003 class for me, where it was just something that I had never seen before, right? It was the U, it was the U going back to being the U, and all of those guys were extremely impactful players at the NFL, and I'm sure I'm missing some guys on that list um, that I didn't even mention there, so um, that's who I had. I mean, what do you guys think? So so actually, I, I I love it, Gless. I think it's a great pick. So for me, and, and this wasn't really necessarily criteria for us, I just tried to keep it in the 2000s. But if I would have gone, the 99 class was the only class outside of the 2000s that I was like, man, if I go outside the 2000s, they're probably 1B behind USC for me. They're my 1B or number two class, if you want to call it. But I kept since I kept it within the 2000s, they, didn't, they just didn't make the cutoff. But yeah, I do. I, I agree with you. I think they're probably the second greatest recruiting class of all time, yeah. outside the two thousands. Yeah, I definitely think Ken Dorsey uh, got it. I think what it was is he didn't have all the physical traits, and he wasn't like an alpha male, right? So if, in Miami, you had you had the U, you had that brand. Everyone loved those guys. Swagger. And then you had Ken Dorsey, who just loved studying books, probably playing Call of Duty in his <laughs> yeah. dorm room. Right? He never went out. He didn't definitely. He never went to the party. You know that, right? Ken, Ken Dorsey, aka Scott Past- Scotty Pastel. Yeah, right. That's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then well, yeah, other- he- go ahead. Go ahead, Pastel. Go ahead. I was say, yeah, he made it to the NFL, but like we all knew he wasn't going to be that, that special. So I think it was the expectation that. We knew he was never going to be like a number one overall pick. We kind of on, on teams like that, you almost expected to have that that prime time type of quarterback, and he never was that guy. The the, the, the other thing I'll kind of make a note, Kenny, before you kind of um, before you give your thought here. Yeah. The recruiting class at that time ranking was the number one nationally ranked recruiting class. So what's interesting about some of these classes is you can't necessarily say that that Great they point. were heads and above the number one recruiting class. This was Some of them you can, but this one was leaps and bounds in front of everybody else. Uh, another guy on there, Jarrett Payton, a famous guy by the oh, name of Walter, Walter Payton. Payton. That's his yeah. son. His son was on there. So Jarrett Payton and Clinton Portis both in the same recruiting class. Kind of sick. Well, you remember, and before we, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but you remember at one point their back their backfield was Clint Portis, Willis McGahee, Frank Gore, Jarrett Payton, and Najee yep. Davenport. They were yep. all on the roster at the same time. Yeah, 
Like that's <laughs> disgusting. That's so sick. <laughs> they all played in the NFL. Like that's nasty. But the only thing, the only one I took issue with, Gless, was num- was your number five class, and I kind of outlined it earlier. I to me, I would have put the number year two thousand six Oklahoma Sooners in over the two thousand seven Florida Gators, just because. Cam Newton didn't play there. I know they had a. T- I know the Pouncey brothers, yeah. Hayden Dunlap, Hernandez, and all those guys are really good. And to be honest, the 2007 Gators class was one of the ones that just missed the cut of my top five. But I just that was the reason I couldn't put them in was because of Cam Newton. I was like, he didn't finish there. But also, my criteria was a little different too. Like I looked at, I looked at they had to stay on the team. So, I, yeah. I that was the only one I take issue with out of the top five is the 2007 Florida Gators. Yeah, and I I can see that. Um, I I did. I, I tell you what, the more I did research, um, the more it was really hard for me to leave off that 2006 Oklahoma Sooners <laughs> team. But they just didn't dominate the national level enough for for me to put them in there. But you want to talk about? I mean, the five guys that I mentioned were have been, um, you know, pros and or number one draft picks, um, mm-hmm. like all pros. You know, guys yeah. that were the best at their positions. So. Well, kind of staying on some of these themes, I think, you know, looking through um, your list, Kenny, and looking through my list, we may get some duplicates here, but what I like about Pastel's list is that he's going to throw a couple in here that we didn't even mention. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I kind of had two honorable mentions. I'll quickly go over them. Obviously, Miami, 1999. For the same reason Kenny uh, mentioned it, I didn't want to go too much past 2000 because uh, then there, that goes into like a you have to validate some of these articles, some of these re, uh, resources, and I don't want to go into that. That um, to, The 2013 Ohio State, I mentioned it earlier. I mean, you had players like Von Bell, Joey Bosa, Eli Apple, Ezekiel Elliott, JT Barrett, Billy Price, who was a first-round pick, Darren Lee, who was a first-round pick. Uh, it's a stud class. Uh, but really, going into it, I would say, and this is what's funny, is you had the 2008 Alabama team. I had two Alabama teams that were better than that class, the first one being my fifth-ranked team, the 2013 Alabama class. Reuben Foster, Derrick Henry, who's turned out to be a beast in the NFL, Jonathan Allen, who I think has really picked it up for the Redskins as of late, O.J. Howard, Alshon uh, Robinson, Alvin Kamara, who's probably one of my favorite running backs in the NFL, Tim Williams, who I think was a second-round pick for Baltimore a year or two ago, and then Eddie Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, phenomenal Alabama recruiting class. Uh, I'm not, for my number four class, the 2003 USC Trojans, I'm not going to go into them because we've kind of beat on that <laughs> enough. And then my number three team, the 2017 Alabama team. Mm, same same year as Kenny's LSU. Yeah, pick. I just think it's a just better team. Like the as far as like the players, you got Najee Harris, you got Tua, you got Jerry Judy, you got Henry Ruggs, Xavier McKinney, J- uh, Jedrick Wills, and then Dylan Moses. Um, I just think from a quality team, I I understand the LSU 2017 team, but I think Joe Burrow had a lot to propel that team into the national championship. Where I think. This team, very similar, but you had Tua. And that was organically uh, recruited by Alabama and Nick Saban. And they won a national championship his freshman year. Um, so that's why I have them at number three. My number two team is the 2007 Florida team. And that's kind of what Glessner was speaking about earlier. Um, I don't think the Pouncey brothers get enough credit. They, I think, combined, it was either 12 or 14 Pro Bowls between the two in the NFL. Um, both were first-round talents. Joe Hayden was a first-round pick. Carlos Dunlap was a player that fell to the second round, but he's been in multiple Pro Bowls. We all know about the Aaron Hernandez stories. And you look at Cam Newton, um, won a national championship. He was a Super or not Super Bowl, but he was a uh, NFL MVP just a few years back. And I think if you look at those players, absolutely deserving as one of the best recruiting classes of all time. Now to my number one, and I don't know how you guys missed this. So like this is mind blowing that this was not in any of y'all's list. And this is the 2001 Miami Hurricanes. Mm. So the 1999 was good. This was, in my opinion, twice as good. First of all, here's some, here's some fun stats. 17 picks. Uh, set, there were 17 first-round picks on that 2001 championship team. Mm-hmm. 17 first-round picks. 38 players on that team were drafted into the NFL, the 2001 yep. national championship team. Um, but for the 2001 Miami Hurricane class, let me just highlight some, a few players. Sean Taylor, rest in peace, right? Uh, mm-hmm. All-American, Big East, uh, Defensive Player of the Year. He had 10 picks his, uh, his junior year in 2003. Frank Gore, five-time Pro Bowler. He's third in rushing all-time right now in the NFL. You have Roscoe Parrish, 2,500 all-purpose yards. Uh, he's second-round pick by Buffalo. Antrell Roll, first-team All-American. Kelly Jennings, first-team All-American. Both of those guys were first-round picks. You have Vince Wilfork. Five-time Pro Bowl uh, player, multiple Super Bowls. Kellen Winslow Jr., Pro Bowl, 
uh, unanimous All-American in 2003. It's like, good God. Like, I mean, that's like six, seven players I just mentioned that were All-Americans, Pro Bowlers, and Super Bowl champions. Um, so I think it's without a question that the 2001 Miami Hurricane team is the number one recruiting class of all time. I had so I I had the the 01 team and the 99 recruiting class I said were just on the outside for me it just I, again our, our criteria are different that 01 team that 01 as freshmen I don't think any of those guys ever won a natty which is crazy which is crazy to think about that they didn't win it that that they well, were it, they ca- they came in the year after right no it, it was that freshman year that oh, was that freshman, the freshman year class. sorry yes you're right, you're right and some of those beat, guys did play their freshman year we beat we beat they beat Nebraska correct, correct. we just talked about that yeah. So I don't know. It came to me. It came down to between the 2002 and 2001 Miami, or 2002 Ohio State and the 2001 Miami from those early years in the 2000s. That's kind of where it came from. And I just went with the team that beat them. To be honest, I, I just that was to me that was enough of a of a push over the edge to kind of keep them. And then I looked at the 08 Bama team. I looked at the 06 Florida teams, and I thought you know they were just as impressive in terms of what their players did. At, uh, while in college, and and to be honest, though, like I said, I, I didn't necessarily put a lot of emphasis on what those players did in the NFL versus what they did in versus versus where, if they made it to the NFL. If they made it to the NFL, that was one thing, but I never really put a lot of stock because Frank Gore honestly didn't do a lot in college. Remember, he tore his ACL twice in college. Yeah, yeah, but so, I, I get that. But again, Sean Taylor still all American. No, 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 no. I'm not, Andrew Rowe all American. Kelly Jones all American. Kellen Winslow all American. All these guys are all American yeah. players. And there's and a lot of the guys we talked about. There's a lot of all American players on each of the ones we picked up too. It's not like these guys aren't all Americans as well. I'm just saying you put a, you put a lot more stock. You talked about a lot of what these guys did in in the pros too. You know, I I think I think Frank Gore not really playing that much in college impacts that class to me. I think it does. I think you because, could say Frank Gore completely out of it. No, no, no. And he's a Hall of Fame talent, and that class is still I'm using one. Frank Gore as an example, but what I'm saying is you put a lot more stock into what these guys have done in the NFL than I did. Like, I don't care if they were a first-round bust or a seventh-round steal in the NFL. I, to me, it's the, it's the same equivalent. Or if they were an undrafted free agent who stuck around for five years. It's the same equivalent. Like, I don't put stock in, like, oh, because, because Alvin Kamara was an amazing NFL player but didn't see a snap for Alabama. Like, that's... That doesn't he he might as well for me not even exist in Alabama. Yeah, yeah. I, I, go, go ahead, Gus. I, I think this one was a, a, a decent one, and I'll tell you why they didn't crack my top five. Um, because yeah, some of them had were 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 good were really good players in college, and they were okay players in the pros. Sean Taylor aside, and I think Frank Gore, yeah, Frank Gore as well. Uh, all the other guys that I think have been have been okay in the pros. I don't think any of them have been, have been outstanding like some of the ones that I mentioned in the 99 class, even though I think that this is an outstanding class. They were also number eight nationally. I know that those are rankings, blah, blah, blah. I get that. But when I look at the pro impact, when I look at the impact that they had at the college level in 99, 2000, and 2001, and then I look at some of the big hitters and what they did in the NFL, I take that stock over 2001, even though... I will say that I think this is a great class, and I think they should definitely be in the top five. But that's why the 99 one, in my mind, is better than the 2001 Miami Hurricane class. When you, but when you, but, when but you, they're also there together, right? Because yeah. you had these young guys kind of come up, and then you had kind of that 99 class that was right there. You mix them together, and then that's what made that the, you know, those, those three, four, five years at the U, they were the U again. Right. And, you know, you need multiple of these classes to get done. And that's what Miami showed in the late 90s and the early 2000s and what well, they were able to do. And, and also for me, it's the wow factor versus the earlier Miami class isn't there. Because when you think of the most recent you, the most recent iteration, this this era, who do you think of the most outside of Sean Taylor? Because I'll give you Sean. Sean was a beast. But you think of guys like Ed Reed. You think of guys like Ken Dorsey. You think of guys like Clint Portis, Willis McGahee, Andre Johnson. Um, Kellen Winslow Jr. Ke- Kellen Winslow Jr. to an extent, but I think honestly, I think more Jeremy Shockey versus Kellen Winslow Jr. Um, you know, that might be me personally, but a lot of I think of guys like uh, I I, the, I don't know the guys I think of more came from other recruiting classes than this one. Like I think I think there's better Miami recruiting classes than the 01 class. Personally. I'm saying that everything you just said; those were different recruiting classes. Well, that's what so I'm you saying. Combine them all together. That's what I'm saying. This I, is I think, one recruiting class. But, I just named but, off eight guys. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I, but I'm saying these guys don't come to mind when I think of the U. 
Like outside of maybe outside of maybe Sean Taylor and Kellen Winslow, I say Sean Taylor. But outside of Kellen, like I don't. When I think of the U, I don't think of Kelly Jennings. I don't think of Roscoe Parrish. I don't really think of Antro Roll. I don't think of Frank Gore because he never really played that much. Like I just, I just don't think of those guys when it when it first comes to mind. That doesn't have the the pop factor to me. I think, I think another guy that we forget about in this 2001 Miami Hurricane class. Also a really good pro, and a lot of it's because I'm a Washington Redskins fan. <laughs> uh, Rocky McIntosh was I, also in this I class. saw that. I, saw, I was yeah, wondering if Rocky you were going to pick up. I was going to pick up because his name's Roger. His name's Roger McIntosh. It yes. is, but yeah. I, I remember when they, they picked him in 2006. I think it was the 2005 draft, 2006 draft. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, he was also part of that class. An outstanding class. There's no doubt about it, and they're definitely in the conversation. I agree. They're just yeah. They're just, I I would take the '99 class over this one personally. I just think personally the '99 class had the Hall of Fame type talent, but there was only four of those guys. Where this one had very very good All Pro talent, but there was eight. Yeah, of these you guys, went for depth. Of these guys. You 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 yeah. you your argument pastel, and it's a legit one because this was your criteria. That's kind of what's nice about this episode is each of us had our own criteria yep. on how we see things, right? And it, you look for depth. And right. and I think that and and that's fine. Um, you you wanted to look at the depth and how everybody from top to bottom ended up in the NFL, opposed to those top three or four studs. Yep. Even though it all could also be argued that you know the top four of this class, anybody, any college roster, any head coach would die to have. Right? If you had Roscoe Parrish, Antro Roll, Sean Taylor, Vince Wolfert. <laughs> Um, Frank Gore. you know Frank Gore, all these guys. I mean, it's 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 legit. There's no it's doubt. Number about one, it. guys, just admit it. Just admit no. it. It's hey, hey, not the hey, number one class. Hey, hey, Pastel, can What's I up? ask you a question here? Yeah. Where are you finding Vince Wolfert? Because I'm on the the the, the, the official Miami Hurricanes website, 2001 class, and I don't see Vince Wolfert. Um, so I've I've been I've been looking at uh, very many different articles because when you go past, and that's what I was saying earlier, when you go past 2000 and the early 2000s. You can't just look at 247 sports. You can't just look at rivals. Yeah, right. You have to yeah, really go into uh, other articles. And I looked at one that was from, uh, was it Bleacher Report? And, uh, yeah, so that's where they I found out that he Got was it. part of that class. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the University of Miami. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the Hurricane been a late, could have been a, Yeah, it could have been a yeah. late, late edition. You know how some of this stuff goes. Um, could be a junior college guy that maybe came in at the last minute. So, yeah, anyway, so, so I – Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no I was just saying, like, yeah, so Bleacher Report, so just to make sure we report our things accurately, uh, Bleacher Report had him uh, in that 2001 class, and there was also another guy named Andrew Williams, uh, who was a, a guy in the NFL that got drafted, but he was a junior college guy uh, that you might be thinking okay. about that uh, was addition to that class as well. But go ahead, Gless. Yeah. No, I, and it was just going to kind of wrap up this part of the show. I mean, I, look, I, it, we can make arguments all day about what class is number one, what class is number nine, but it makes it fun, right? makes it fun. I think well, that – I, I, think, I the, think that. Go ahead, go ahead, Ken. I think the cool thing is, is we're we're kind of picking, you know, pepper out the fly poo here because I, all these classes are, you know, I think everybody we mentioned is probably a top ten or fifteen class, anyway. Like I don't think there's any egregious ones. I think we all picked high ones. It just really came down to personal preference. I, I think there's only one really stark difference between my list and y'all's list, right? And y'all's list, you guys included the 2017. Alabama and the 2017 LSU recruiting classes, which I think is fascinating because we may look back at those two rosters and those two recruiting classes, and those two recruiting classes may be the best recruiting classes of all time coming out of the same year and just looking at the talent that's got drafted. The big difference is I didn't include either because in my criteria, they, they weren't pro like their prospects, but they haven't made anything of themselves at the NFL level that I prioritize in my list. Gless, you might have just given me an idea too, by the way. You know it'd be a cool show to do? The best recruiting classes by year. Like Ooh. like like throughout like throughout all of college football. Not just a class per team, but like the entire Evergreen. year. That would Evergreen. be pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, what else do we have to talk about, guys? I mean, it's <laughs> It's it's coronavirus time. Ain't, ain't nothing to do but talk about hypotheticals and make arguments over dumb stuff like who had the best recruiting class of all time. <laughs> it's not dumb, Gless. <laughs> That's true. It's not Shut dumb up. because we're talking about it. I agree. <laughs> I agree. All right. So um, we're gonna we're gonna segue into the end of our episode and 
and this is something that we're going to do every episode. And I, I hope all of our listeners gravitate towards it because I think it's a really unique topic and it's something that really makes our show different than other shows and podcasts and video casts out there, shows on YouTube, anything like that. But get to know your prospect inside and out. So every episode we're going to take one, it could be a high school prospect, it could be a college prospect, but we're really going to go really beyond YouTube highlights here, right? We're really going to look at the stats, we're going to break it down, and honestly, there's going to be a lot of arguments in this episode, <laughs> not only in, the, in this episode, but in this part of the show, because I think it's it, it's unique, because what, what I might see as a an outstanding pro prospect, Pastel may not, or Kenny may, and Pastel won't, or maybe I won't. So there may be a lot of arguments here. So Kenny, I'm gonna kind of segue over to you to introduce the prospect. I want you to try to sell us on this prospect, right? I, you are on the clock, you've gotta make your pick, and you have to tell us why we should pick this guy. Go ahead. Yeah, so the prospect I picked was KJ Costello, who is currently the quarterback for the Mississippi State Bulldogs. and. And obviously, before he transferred, he was the quarterback for the Stanford Cardinals. So one of the things I like about K.J. Costello, I like his size. He's 6'5", 225. He's got that prototypical quarterback size that you'd want to see. He's got a very live arm. He's accurate with the football. He takes care of the football. In his career, he's got 49 touchdowns, only to 18 interceptions. That's a 2.72 touchdown or 2.72 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio. Um you know, so he sh so not only does he have the arm talent, but he he takes care of the football. He's not reckless with it. In 2018, he led the Pac-12 in yards per average with 8.6 yards. Uh, he led the Pac-12 in efficiency rating. He and he was second in completion percentage, just 65 percent completion percentage, and he was second in, in touchdowns that year as well. Really, the only guy who beat him statistically that year was. Uh, Gardner Minshew, Minshew Magic, but we all remember he was playing in Mike Leach's wide open system. Most of the time, those guys are going to lead the conference in passing yards and touchdowns anyway. But here's what's cool about it. He's now going to take what he's learned in a pro-style offense at Stanford, and now he's going to bring that to Mike Leach's system at Mississippi State, where he's just transferred to. So you're going to have a guy who's has a ton of experience running a pro style offense in college who then is also going to get a crash course experience in running a wide open spread offense uh, you know uh, that Mike Leach runs that air raid style offense now he's going to be able to go to the NFL with with both skill sets under his belt which I think is very very rare in today's college prospect not only that a lot of people are going to point to his 2019 wasn't that great but you know I think the first game of the year he got kicked in the head and was dealing with concussion issues pretty much the whole year he ended up breaking his thumb and having to have surgery on it and he was really just banged up for the entire season like it got off on the wrong foot and it never really started again so for me I have him as a solid day two pick with upside to crack into the first round I don't think he's an elite prospect by any means I think you're going to have obviously Trevor Lawrence Justin Fields Jamie Newman are probably going to be the cream of the 2021 quarterback crop but this guy to me is that next tier down he's the headliner of it he's a second round pick in my opinion right now who has the upside especially if he really turns it on at Mississippi State to be a first round pick Pastel I I know that you're not as enthused as Kenny is. So you have to tell me why you're not as enthused as Kenny. It, it, it's tough because, uh, first of all, never start a prospect that you like with, by naming his measurables as far as like his height, his that weight, and his This happened to be the speed. first thing that No, because, no, no, that's my turn, Kenny. When you start off by saying that, then guess what? That's usually his best trait. You name the best traits first. And if it's a, if it's six foot five, two twenty two, whatever it is, then you're right. That is his best traits because his pocket presence sucks. He holds on to the football too much. Honestly, if you like roller coasters, he's the perfect uh, quarterback for you because he's up and down, up and down. And I get the fact that you just kind of just put that Eminem style debate on us as far as like you named kind of deficiencies, so we couldn't counter that there what at the end. What deficiencies did I In 2019, name? he sucked, man. And I get he, he was, was injured a little bit, but he, let's he, just, he, he, he had a broken sucked. thumb on his throwing hand and a concussion. He only played five games. He had one was good year. The only thing I could see him, yeah, he might get drafted high. That does not win the debate here. This is something we're going to have to look at in two, three years from now. Because, yes, the Mike Leach offense is going to make him look good. If so, he his, the ball wait, out. so his redshirt freshman season where he, where he came in halfway through the year and threw 14 touchdowns and four picks isn't good? No, 14 no. 
in half a season, in half a season, and not even, I don't even think it was half a season. He's, it was the eighth game of the season he took over. It was like four games, five games. Man, stats are deceiving at the end of the day as well. You got to look at, you got to look mean, at you, the game tape. You got to look at how he does under pressure. Look at it. I, I will say this. There's times I'll look at him and I'm like, that's a professional throw. Like, he has the arm to make professional throws. Um, in tight windows and, uh, yeah, like I said, in tight windows and behind, like, he's done some backyard shoulder things. I mean, I've I, seen I, that were pretty good, but other than that, I just I, feel like I he agree holds produ- the football way too long, too. I agree production does does play – you have to look past production a little bit, but there is some tail in it when you look at the advanced statistics. It's not like he's you know throwing 29 touch- – it's not like he's throwing 30 touchdowns, but you look at his yards per, per average throw and it's like five yards a throw like Blaine Gabbert was or something like that. Like, dude, you're averaging seven, eight yards a throw, and if you look, that's how you know he was hurt his senior year. His, 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 his redshirt sophomore year – his junior year, he's averaging over eight yards a throw. Last year, he only averaged six because he was hurt and couldn't throw the football. He couldn't grip it with his broken thumb. So, I mean, it's not like it's not like the guy's out there throwing dinks and dunks, man. He's taking yeah. shots downfield and he's still taking care of the ball. He almost has a three to he has a three to one touchdown to turnover ratio. Almost. There, there's guys in college football that when they came out, I just like he doesn't have it. Honestly, I, I didn't think Mitch Trubisky. I get it, he had the. The pro-style offense that everyone thought he had a prototypical size and everything to transfer, he didn't have that it factor, and that's that's proven so far. Justin Herbert, this past year, for me, I guess he has the stats. He has the size. He's got everything. He doesn't have that it factor. And kind of this guy right here, KJ Costello, is the same way for me. Yes, decent stats. You can give me all of that. But when you just watch the game, at no point does he ever elevate his team to be a yeah. better team. I, I, I think there's – I see both sides. And this is where I kind of land with him. Uh, I think he's a, a nice prospect. I don't think he's one that's going to make your franchise by any means. I, I think that he's a poor, poor version of Kirk Cousins. Um, I think Kirk Cousins probably a decent uh, comparison for him as far as his body frame, the way he handles himself. Uh, you know, I watch a significant amount of Pac-12 Pac football, and I thought he was a really good player in 2018. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, where, where I run into a little bit of issues on how much I love the prospect is when I look – Against, I look at him and how he played again, even in that 2018 t- team or the 2018 season, you know, how he played against Notre Dame, how he played against Utah, how he played against Washington, how he played against, um, you know, Washington State, right? Some of those, I'm sorry, not Washington State, uh, looked at Cal, right? Some of those better defenses that he played in the Pac 12 and nationally, he was very average. Very average in those games. And then 2019, I'll give him a little bit of a pass because, look, he's a quarterback and a broken thumb, right? You probably can't grip the ball as well. Um, And then, of course, concussion. And, again, he only played six games. You know, but if you look at those out of the six games, he played, you know, played in three really big games and struggled immensely against Oregon and then struggled immensely against UCF. So uh, the consistency against really good teams isn't there for me to say that, hey, this guy's a really, really great prospect. I think he's a nice day two pick, right? I think he's a guy, I I think he's a better prospect than Jacob Eason is because he's played better at a higher level than Jacob Eason played. Uh, But I don't think he's a guy that you can draft and be in day two and be like, you know what, this guy's going to be a franchise player for me. I don't don't think that at all. Again, I think he's a a poor man's Kirk Cousins. you know, Kirk Cousin has shown, obviously, to be a good pro. I don't think that this guy will ever be a great pro. Um, I think he'll be a, a backup. I think he'll be a nice guy, get a spot start here and there. Maybe Drew Stanton's a better comparison, guys. Maybe and, that's and a better Kirk one. Cousins, Andrew Stanton, I think we're both picked in the fourth or fifth round, and that's kind of where yeah. I see KJ Kistella going. Yeah. I think I think I think physically he's a little bit better than those guys. I think he's got, like okay. I said, I, and, and there's something to – there's some – Truth to attributes too, man. When you're six five, two thirty, I don't care like if there's smaller guys who have done better. That's a big deal as a quarterback. Like if you can get better vision of the field, that's a that's a bonus. Like yeah, that might not be everything you'd want in a quarterback. Like I get it. Kyler Murray's five eleven and he's a playmaker and he's a number one overall pick. Baker, guys like that who are smaller. But there's a reason big guys like NFL talent, NFL teams like that because those guys once things click are are elite. That they you have to have that frame to be elite nine times out of ten. Yeah. Like there's very few examples you can give outside of really Drew Brees because Kyler and Baker are still unproven in the NFL of guys like that. So I mean, 
I, I think that's a big Russell deal. Wilson. For one, that wasn't was I wasn't listing that as his best uh, attribute. By the way, that just happened to be the first thing I jotted down when I was going over his profile. But to me, I think I'm really interested to see what he does at Mississippi State this year because I think if he proves he can play against SEC defenses and then and then proves that he can pick up Mike Leach's offense and and run it effectively. That's a big, big deal. I mean, you're talking about a guy who spent three years in a pro system, and now he's going to, uh, like I said, an air raid, wide open type of team. If he shows he can handle both, dude, NFL teams are going to be salivating. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think if he comes out and has an outstanding year at Mississippi State, I think you see K.J. Costello really get into that third spot as far as quarterback prospects for the 2021 draft. And to your point, Kenny, and I think a lot of it's valid, I think you do have the size thing with it, but I like the diversity of what he can play in and show that, hey, I can play in one style of offense. I can also play in another style and and really kind of show that versatility. And I think if he has a great year under Mike Leach to show that, hey, I can can play against the big boys in the SEC and really show scouts that against high-end competition against the Alabamas, against the LSUs, Mm -hmm. against the Texas A&Ms, against the Floridas, against the Georgias, (laughs) that I can hold my own. Right, and that I can go out there and be a dominant player in the in a in a conference and make defenses nervous. I think you're going to see him skyrocket off the draft boards. I really do. The SEC is so sick, Les. I know it's it's so annoying. <laughs> As you just I'm naming so all those teams, and I'm like, my gosh, the SEC is so good. I I almost feel bad for for Jimbo Fisher because you know if Texas A&M was in another conference, I feel like they'd be a top ten team with the amount of talent that they're bringing in. But they just and, – and you have Jimbo Fisher, who I think is a top-five coach at the the, uh, the FBS level. And it's just unfortunately he's just – I mean, it's a freaking heavyweight <laughs> fight every single week, especially in the SEC West. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see for K.J. Costello. Uh, I think he has an outstanding opportunity to make a lot of money with a really good year here in 2020. Um, and then, you know, hopefully go into the pros. And, hey, look, if you are – a general manager and somebody said that, hey, this guy is going to be just as productive as Kirk Cousins in the NFL, you, you take him in day one. Take and there's day. no doubt about it. I mean, you take that all day for how good Kirk Cousins has been uh, so far in his career with the Les, Redskins. I am upset with you right now. I, I <laughs> wow. thought you were going to have my back way more than you did. You just elevated KJ Costello to a first-round pick better than – no. Uh, no, 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 no. You weren't listening to me. No, no, no. I said he has not played against good defense as well. But I said with a good 2020 at Mississippi State, I think that he could be a reliable pro. What I'm saying is I haven't seen enough from him to think that he's going to be a day one draft pick at the quarterback position. Right now, he's fifth on my board, the fifth best quarterback in the draft. A good year at Mississippi State this year, he's up to my three. He's up to three for me. Pastel, it's called being a professional, and that's what Gless is. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Y'all can give the hot takes. I'm I'm the only one out here with the, with a clear mental state to see both sides and then come up with my own conclusions. Well, see, now I know. I want to know what your top five quarterbacks are for next year, man. <laughs> oh, I think they're everybody's, right? I mean, you have the top two. You got Jamie Newman. Yeah. Right. You've got you got KJ Costello here. Uh, I mean, you can you can talk about the the kid from North Dakota State. Uh, I've seen some buzz about a couple other guys, but I, you know, I don't know. Those are kind of your top four or five, right? Yeah. Who else are we missing? Yeah, I mean, I think I think universally, it's Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Jamie Newman the top three. I mean, then you're talking. You got guys like KJ Costello, Kellen Mond, Trey Lance, Tanner Morgan, Brock Purdy, and like Sam Ellinger. Those are kind of your your next. Yeah, you got Ellinger. Your next down. Is it just near Ellinger like every other Texas quarterback ever? He seems like another Colt McCoy. Man. Yeah, but but you know what though, and and this uh, this we're gonna get off the rails here, so we're gonna end soon because that you know we can talk yeah. about this for about yep. eight eight hours, and all of our listeners will just turn us off. Um, <laughs> but Ellinger actually had a really good year last year. Statistically, if you look at it, it was re- it was really outstanding, and he went toe to toe with Joe Burrow and that LSU team. And if they win that game, I think the Texas season ends a lot different. Now, I think there's a lot wrong with Texas, right? I, I think on defense, they in, in the phrase I like to use, they stink, coach. I, I don't think they're very good on defense, and they haven't been good on defense for a long time. So I think that's Texas' biggest problem. I don't think that, you know, that it's not like they haven't been able to score points. And Elling, you know, Ellinger had a really good year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But uh, to your point, Pasto, I think he just he kind of looks the same. I don't know how you guys feel about Kev, uh, Kellen Mond. I'm not a big Kellen Mond fan myself. It's okay. Uh, I think he's got I think he's got bust written all over him. He I think I'm gonna have to see the way a lot we thought he would, right? Like he came in yeah. to Texas A&M. We just thought he, we we're gonna see this this guy develop into the next Deshaun Watson or, or Cam Newton. Maybe that's a better example. Yeah. And he just never has taken that leap. So I am very interested to see what he does this year. But my I don't expect him to honestly. All right, well, you heard it here for first, guys. KJ Costello, right out here. Is he going to be a bust, or is he going to be a boom? We have yet to know. But So that's our first segment to get, get to know your prospect. Again, we're going to do that once a show, bring out somebody. One of us are going to school you on the analytics, and there'll be some arguments. There'll be some saltiness. There, we, who knows? We may we not even get talk to KJ each other Costello as an interview next week. <laughs> yeah, we should do that. That'd be great. That'd be Anyways, awesome. all right, I'm going to get us on the rail. We got to go. We got to get out of here. This is getting out of hand. Um, anyway, so Prospects 101, make sure you follow us on social media at Prospects101Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Again, that's at Prospects101Pod. We'll also be dropping uh, occasional episodes and exclusive content on YouTube at Chalk Talk, uh, Chalk Talk Media. Um, and we'll have some more information as that comes out here in the next week or two. For Glass, Pastel, Kenny, we will catch you next week. Hey football fans, this is Kenny from Prospects 101, brought to you by Blue Wire Pods. Listen to us weekly on your favorite podcast platform like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Hit the subscribe button and make sure to leave us a five-star review today.